Hey guys, Ben here from Comic Comedians. I just wanted to tell you guys about the best podcasting program there is called Anchor. Anchor is literally the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comic Comedians. My name is Ben Schubert, and today I have two amazing guests, two people I've had on this show before, Chris Killian, CK Comedy from ComicBook.com, The Daily Distraction, and Jamari Odom. You guys know Jamari. I've had him on this show a bunch of times. Really good friend of mine. In this episode, we are going to be talking about The Suicide Squad by James Gunn, the newest movie that came out for DC. Um, We talk about spoilers, our favorite deaths, our favorite characters, a whole bunch of stuff. And at the end, me and Jamari actually build our own team. So, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. But before we get started, what is a lawyer's favorite superhero team? The Suicide Squad. All right, let's jump into that title sequence right now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comic Comedians. My name is Ben Schubert, and today I am joined with two awesome guests, two people who have been on Comic Comedians before, CK Comedy, a.k.a. Chris Killian. How are you doing today? What's going on, Ben? Thanks for having me on again, man. Uh, no problem. Thanks for being here. And we also have Jamari Hyperboy Blue, who has been on many, who's basically a co-host at this point. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> Well, today we are going to be talking about The Suicide Squad, the the big movie made by James Gunn, the rated R big blood fest of a movie, which I think was awesome. There is going to be spoilers. There's going to be so much stuff going on in this movie, and I cannot wait to talk about it with you guys. But before we we get started, we we heard that this movie was going to be coming out. How did you guys feel when we heard about James Gunn making this movie and then like the roll call came out at DC Phantom. Jamari, I'll let you go first now. Okay. So at first I was like, okay, due to the controversy that was happening with James Gunn at the time, I was like, well, I don't have a problem with this. It's kind of like a screw you Marvel. Do what I want. It's kind of what I felt like it was, but I was actually very excited. I was like, okay, I know James Gunn has this like family oriented, very like, Yes, happy-go-lucky, but death feel to him. So I was like, okay, he's perfect for this, but will the script be perfect for it? <laughs> it's like, eh. right. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I remember when uh, when I first heard about James Gunn making this, I was like, I'm, I'm excited. I love Guardians of the Galaxy. He obviously knows what he's doing. And from what I'm told, he was, t- he was allowed to get like top shelf stuff, but he chose Suicide Squad. So I was really excited when I heard that he was making this. Uh, Chris, what, what, how'd you feel when you first heard about James Gunn making this movie? Well, I was pretty elated about it, considering the announcement came like five minutes after he got fired off of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yep. So I was I was pretty excited that, that, that they decided to hire him. And I, look, James Gunn is just one of those guys that, like, as a director, like, I feel like there's nobody that's probably making movies that's more like one of us than James Gunn. I yeah. mean, that guy, he loves comic book stuff. He's very open 
with fans and willing to talk about, you know, theories and, and behind the scenes stuff. I mean, he's just an open book. So um, I think James, I mean, he's, he's pretty much proven that he has no interest in doing anything but comic book movies. Like he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't care about Academy Awards. He doesn't care about any, I mean, he just wants to make good comic book films. So anything that he's attached to, I'm 100% behind. So when yeah. they announced that he was going to be in the suicide or do the suicide squad, I, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be great. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. When I first heard when James Gunn was making this, I was, I was excited. I remember watching DC fandom and then the roll call came out and we saw all of these characters coming out and making like a, a big appearance. And I was just like rat catcher, peacemaker, all these characters that I barely knew about. And I was just like, where is he going with this? How is he going to make this movie? I, but I was at the same time, very excited. Uh, Were there any characters that you guys didn't know about that, uh, that were announced for this? If not all of them, Chris, I'll let you go first. No, I actually was, I'm a big fan of Peacemaker from the comics. I, I have some, uh, I have his original issues from the 80s that, uh, so I, I enjoyed Peacemaker. I was pretty excited about him. I did not know Bloodsport, though, um, I get, well, I knew Bloodsport a little bit, uh, but I thought, the, I thought it was going to be Bronze Tiger when they were originally yeah. talking about, you know, Idris Elba was going to be cast as somebody and he wasn't going to be playing Deadshot. Um, I feel like watching the movie, it was pretty clear that like Deadshot was, which I, I mean, I'm sure James Gunn would correct me if I, you know, saying this, if, if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's probably pretty clear that Deadshot was written into the first script. And then when Will Smith wasn't going to be a part of it, they kind of rewrote that character a little bit and yeah. made it into somebody else. But I I would say other than Bloodsport and um, uh, that he's probably about the only one that I wasn't as familiar with as the rest of them. I, I think I, I knew about everybody else uh, that I, that, well, and TDK, obviously I didn't know much about TDK, right. but everybody else I, I'm pretty sure I was familiar with. So were you like a big, like uh were you a big suicide squad like reader before, before this movie came out? Uh, yeah. Over the years I have been. Yeah. I, I not, not consistently. I don't read modern comics at, yeah. at nearly as much anymore. Like anything from the eighties and the nineties, and and a little bit into the 60s and 70s, like I got my hands on all that stuff and read it. There was a period about the 2000s where I it got a little too much for me, and I lost and I lost interest in in, in uh, a lot of modern day comic books. But it just got, I think it just got too much to be honest to keep up with. But uh, a lot of that when I was a, when I was a kid, a lot of that other stuff, I yeah, I, I read a lot of those stories. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I was a I was a kind of sort of Suicide Squad reader. I remember when the first movie was announced in 2016, I uh, I was working for yearbook for a yearbook and newspaper yearbook newspaper, and they needed somebody to like break down this trailer, and they they had nobody to talk to. They were like, "Does anybody know about the Suicide Squad or anything about that?" And I was, "Does anybody know about the Suicide Squad?" And I was just like, "Oh yeah." Right here, my time to shine. I, I know actually a lot about the Suicide Squad. I've read a lot of their Silver Age. I read, I read a lot of John Ostrander. I was so excited when I saw him in the trailer. Yeah, I, I'm just, I love it all, you know? The, but when it came to the characters, I did not know much about any of these characters. Like, I knew Polka Dot Man. I knew Peacemaker. I knew Ratcatcher. I didn't know Ratcatcher too. I knew Ratcatcher. 
but apparently yeah. the theater was created. Uh, what about you, uh, Jamar? Jamar, do you know anything about the, these characters? Uh, when it came to the Suicide Squad, I knew nothing about anybody except Harley. A little bit of blood sport because somebody had told me about it, and Captain Boomerang. And that, but that's because of, I'm an avid Tim Drake fan, so of course I have a vendetta yeah. against Captain Boomerang. <laughs> but um, as far as like when it came to like the the comics and how things were being written, I had no idea about the Suicide Squad. The only introduction I had to the Suicide Squad initially before the first movie came out was actually Batman Assault on Arkham. Really? Yeah, that was my first introduction to what the Suicide Squad was. Like, outside of, um, well, personally, Task Force X in the Batman the Animated Series, Justice League, Batman Beyond, yeah. the animated I, I series can Task Force X. Yeah, exactly. That was the only really, like, oh, that's what Task Force X is meant to be. That's what they're supposed to be. That's what the Suicide Squad is. So I had very little interaction with the Suicide Squad. And then the first movie came out, and I was... Very underwhelmed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that, that was, that's actually a great transition to what I want to talk about next. What did you guys think of the first movie when it came out? Jamari, I'll, I'll let you go first. So what, like, how did you feel about the movie when it was done and how it ended? Honestly, I felt like the movie was not trying too hard, but not trying enough. It was, it was very interesting with how they wanted to do things. And this being our first introduction into Ben Affleck's Joker, as well as like Harley on a like bigger scale i was i was like okay i knew this was kind of gonna be there on the trailer like okay this is this is this is their movie no no one else is the other guys are just side quests but but i felt like i was very underwhelmed i felt like characters just died to die (laughs) they didn't like there wasn't really heart behind how how they died and they we didn't really feel bad for them is what you're trying to say yes but like in the second movie it was just like yeah we love these guys even when we first meet them (laughs) exactly Chris, how do you feel about about the first movie when you first saw it? Um, I gotta say that I, I, it coming in full circle. I mean, I think it's very fascinating that James Gunn decided to do the Suicide Squad because I felt even when the original Suicide Squad came out that it was very clear to me that this was a movie that post production decided they wanted to make it more Guardians of the Galaxy esque. It wasn't really, I mean, you could tell that it wasn't shot that way in mind, but you could tell post-production-wise with the music and, and the, the background of the characters in the beginning of the movie and everything that they really tried to, like, marvel this movie up a little bit, and it just didn't, it didn't work, right? Right. Uh, I thought, I thought Harley uh, was, it was cool to see Harley in live action. I thought Jared Leto had a huge uh, uh, task ahead of him to try to do the Joker and I, you know, I didn't hate everything that he did. Um, there are moments where he's like pretty, like, he, like I like the gangster sort of joke. I don't, I hate the tattoos. I hate the mouth guard. I didn't like a lot of the, 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 the like um, the physical, you know, characteristics that they tried to give Joker. But, but I thought like, like when he uses Harley in, in the club, as is sort of a bargaining tool with uh i forget the guy's name uh common the rapper common he plays the character i forget but it, but there there are moments where like jared leto's joker i feel like has potential um but but overall i'd say i'd say the movie was was underwhelming oh yeah yeah i i would say that as well i remember walking out of the theater and being like oh 
Yeah, it was great because, you know, like, honestly, like, think of all the movies that we got before, just slow, boring, or, like, just really dark, you know? And I remember looking at my sister, me and my sister, we went to go see it together. I was just like, that was, that was, that was good. That was better than the other movie because I I honestly knew in my heart, I didn't think we were ever going to get a Suicide Squad movie again as a, as, like, a common reader of the, of the stories and being a little excited for it. Uh, and doing all the research I did for the movie, I was really excited. And it was just kind of a letdown. So did you guys feel, and you guys didn't feel that way walking into this movie, did you? Um, You know, I, I we, we were talking about this beforehand, but I actually did find myself a little underwhelmed the first time that I watched the movie. I, I don't know why that was. I, I don't know if it was the mood I was in or or maybe just not knowing what, I was expecting it. Sometimes that happens to me with movies that I've spent the last year talking about anyway. I feel like I've talked it up so much that it's really hard for me to like, like settle into my expectations and, and, and just enjoy the movie the first go around. And so the second time I watched it though, I really, I really appreciated what James Gunn did with it. Um, The only thing after watching it twice that I really don't care for is the Harley montage. That's, I don't, I don't. With her and the prince or whatever. Yeah. 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 I felt like that was a little, I felt like that was a little much myself. Like I I really just cut that whole thing out. A movie would still end up the exact same way. It really stops the momentum of the movie. Yeah. And I think it was just to give us more Harley because, you know, everybody loves Harley Quinn. And that's, that's, that's what I was saying. Jamari, how did you feel about it when you, when you first saw it? When I first saw it, which was actually like two weeks ago, I um I felt very excited. I was like, okay, this is what I feel like the DC EU needs to be moving forward in, even though I know we're moving more towards multiverse on both ends. Uh I felt like this was a step forward in the right direction. Yes, do this, do more of this. And I agree, the Harley montage was pointless. Yes. It really had no purpose being in the film. Like, I get it. More Harley. More Marco Robbie. Cool. I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm not going to be I'm not gonna be angry about that. I was going to say, I, I won't say that I, I can't see what James Gunn was trying to do. I it, like I, I kind of get that he was trying to, like, show a little bit of, like, you know, Harley's personality through this montage. But it, yeah. the way he said it, it just didn't it just didn't work for me personally. I, you know. I think we can all collectively agree, like, literally, they could have just opened up with her chained up and in that in that one place being tortured and then having her kill all those guys and then being like, oh, you guys were coming to save me. Like, but it was just to tell us that she has moved on from the Joker and that she like, I feel like that's that that was the point that he was trying to get across. She was able to move on and realize when a person is a bad person and you know, do the right thing and blow their brains out or whatever she, you know, put, put a bullet in their chest. And, uh, you know, like, I, I feel like that's what he was just trying to do with that scene. But I, I agree with both of you guys. Like that, that scene could have just been, been, been thinned out. So let's talk about the opening scene. Honestly, I feel was probably one of the best scenes. We open up with Savant in the prison and we get introduced to John Ostrander who made an awesome cameo because I just had to throw that in. He was the doctor who put the chip. For those who don't know, John Ostrander is a frequent or was a frequent writer for the Suicide Squad, wrote almost 66 issues and then a couple of one shots as well. Um, 
then we go to the beach and we just see stuff just go down. Well, we, we saw the opening scene. How did you feel like when we first saw Savant, John Ostrander, and then, and then we go to the beach and then Blackguard gets shot in the face. How did you feel and what did you think of that whole scene? First off, I, I got to commend James Gunn. I, I saw him on Twitter say that that was a completely practical shot. The very opening shot where you see, um, uh, uh, I just forgot his name. Savant? Uh, Savant, yeah, Savant. So you see Savant in the puddle and then the camera flips upside down and he's bouncing the ball or whatever. Right. The fact that that was practical and not CGI was pretty impressive. I love that. I love that opening scene. Um, I think that it would have hit a lot harder if we hadn't seen this gag already uh, in Deadpool 2. I, that's what I feel about, like, those characters, the fact that they get all get obliterated, like, right away. Yeah. Um, I think that if we hadn't already seen that in Deadpool 2, and I don't know what, I mean, because there's a lot that's been going on, right? So so I don't know at what point, you know, um, when De- versus when Deadpool 2 came out versus, you know, when, when James Gunn wrote the script or when everything was on pause because of COVID. Like, I don't. I don't know the time frame for these things, right? Right. But I feel like Deadpool 2 had already kind of pulled that gag and did it superbly. And so not that it's not done well here. It is done well. But I think I would have rather personally had seen in the movie, I would have rather um, these deaths had been trinkled along like every five to ten minutes in the movie. So there was a true, instead of like all up front and then all at the end, I would have rather there have been a trinkling of like, oh, anybody can literally die at any moment during this movie and it doesn't matter, rather than being a gag right up front in the first like 10 minutes. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. I, I can see where you're coming from. Me personally, I actually enjoyed watching them all just, just get obliterated. De- yeah, but you're right. It was a lot like Deadpool 2. But I think the the difference between Deadpool 2 and this was like like we were talking about before, James Gunn actually has a way of making us feel for characters that we just meet. Like I... I'm not sure if you're active on TikTok as much as I am, but there are so many montages of Weasel and Blackguard and how people were like, oh my gosh, poor Weasel and poor Blackguard, you know? And I'm just like, they were literally on screen for five minutes and people are already feeling bad. And why would anybody feel bad for Blackguard? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Maybe because it's Pete Davidson. I think it's more Pete Davidson-esque than it was uh, Blackguard. I don't think that I've seen any, I don't think I've been so excited to see somebody get murdered on screen since Paris Hilton was in that horror movie like 15 years ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was, I was like, yeah, Pete's gone. Wow. <laughs> I haven't been more excited. Yeah. No, I, I agree. No, when watching Pete Davidson, I literally, I knew he was going to, when he was casted, I knew for a fact he was going to be the first one to die. I knew, like, I was just like, Pete da- like, I saw Pete Davidson was in the movie, and I was just like, he's dead. He's done. No. As soon as he was like, hey, I'm the one that called you guys, like, I was like, what a Pete Davidson move. I'm glad he's going to get shot in the <laughs> face. So, Jamari, what, what did you think of the opening scene, man? Okay. But essentially what I liked about the first scene yeah. was um, – yeah, Pete was going to die. Like, you knew he was a snitch just based on how he looked. Like, yep, <laughs> snitches get snitches or just get shot in the face. Yeah, and when 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 uh, people were talking about how Starro is the villain of this movie, 
And I was just like, I think Amanda Waller knew he was going to stitch. I knew Amanda Waller was obviously the villain of this movie. I think we can all agree that Amanda Waller was the main villain of the, well, literally anybody with the button is the villain, but she knew he was going to snitch. She knew that like that Rick flag was going, because everybody who was on that first mission, she knew she wanted to die. That was the plan. So Rick flag, Harley Quinn, anybody who can get in her way done. Like when I saw it, I was just like, yeah, Amanda Waller is definitely the, the villain here. And when a blackguard snitched, I was just like, Holy crap. And it's just one thing leading to another for this entire movie. And I think the saddest death on that beach was probably the Captain Boomerang. How, Chris, how did you feel about Captain Boomerang being? That that was the only one of the deaths that I was a little sour about. Really? Why, why so? Captain, well, I, I think that he was like, Jack Courtney as Captain Boomerang was one of my favorite parts about the original Suicide Squad. Agreed. I like the attitude that he put into like a real corny character and so um i i just feel like jai jai just i just feel bad for the guy like i just feel like he never really gets his due like whether it's this movie or 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 the original suicide squad or terminator genesis like i feel like he's a really good actor who gets real close to some franchise stuff and it just doesn't pan out for him and and the fact that he like this was a good thing i think to have been attached to and and uh, the fact that he gets killed off right away kind of bummed me out. Uh, I would have liked to have seen more Captain Boomerang. I remember people saying James Gunn was making this as like a love letter to John Ostrander's fans. And I'm like, well, why'd you kill off Boomerang, man? Like he's like a, he's like a main guy for the, for the Suicide Squad. You just kill him off for yeah. for scene. You know, and I know, I know that like James Gunn and David Ayer have been very, um they've been very friendly with each other on social media and um they've been very cordial with one another and so I don't want to drum up anything but I can't help I can't help but think like you know so Captain Boomerang gets killed off and the essentially the only two characters from the original Suicide Squad movie are uh Harley Quinn and uh Rick Flagg right and there's that scene in the rain there's that scene in the rain that cool scene where they're all walking towards you know, the, 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 to get star or whatever. Um, but when they're walking, there's just a, sh- a glance between like Rick and Harley that seemed to say like, we're in a cool movie now. Yeah. And like, we're, we're killing it now. Like now we're doing a good job and I couldn't help but take, maybe that's just the, like knowing how everything's gone down. It felt like a dig to the original movie to me, but that's just how I, I perceived it. I mean, obviously maybe I'm looking too much into it, but no, 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 I definitely you're absolutely right. I got those vibes as well because the, you can tell that Harley Quinn and uh, and oh, Rick Flagg, they have that relationship. So when, and that just made Rick Flagg's death even worse, but I, we'll get to that in a minute. But like, definitely just seeing those two being in a movie together again and being part of the Suicide Squad, it, it's just, it's nice to see. And, you know, I, I feel like Captain Boomerang deserved better. Uh, Jamari, how, how, how do you feel about it, man? I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. He deserves so much better. I was like, no, why do you, he didn't have to die like this. Why like this? He got the look, is the look back. You know, the classic, like, oh no, I'm dying. I loved my family. I loved my friend. Like, yeah, and he had like a smile. And he yeah. didn't deserve it. He did not deserve to die like this. So I was just like, I was so sad. I'm like, no, just no. I fully agree with you. 
No, and you know, I I've been making the joke. He's like, you know what they say about boomerangs, man? They 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 always come back. And I I doubt that. But him getting chopped up by a helicopter blade was definitely him not coming back whatsoever. So. Well, no, let's not go that far. I mean, now now that the multiverse is wide open, any <laughs> nobody's gonna stay dead. No one's gonna stay That's dead. True. They're just gonna they're either gonna come back later or they're gonna get recast. Nobody's staying dead. All right. So you're are you are you saying we might see Jai Courtney and in, in Flashpoint? Or Oh I, dude, if you uh, would I have ever believed that Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman? <laughs> dude, that yeah, that's a good point. There's no telling. I will never say never at this point. Like if if the actor is still alive, there is still a, a, still a chance. That, There's that, still a chance that'll come back. All right. Well, they, well I want to see more Captain Boomerang because honestly, watching him throw that one boomerang and slicing those two guys' heads off was awesome to see. I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a movie being made right now with an all CGI James Dean. So I, I'm I'm actually really I'm actually to the point where I think that it doesn't matter if an actor is dead or not. That, I mean, we they, might they still one. see them come back. They got General Tarkin back for Rogue One, so you know exactly. anything is possible. Anything is possible at this point. Yeah. No. So before we actually talk about the main plot, we talked about the, the beach scene, everybody getting killed and killed off. So we, we talked about all of that. How now let's talk about like mu- the music of this movie. And uh, is there any, now what I want to ask is we all know that James Gunn kind of writes his movies around music. So are there any scenes or any songs that weren't in this movie that you thought were going to be in this movie? Or were there songs that you thought were going to be in this movie that were in this movie? Uh, Jamari, I'll let you go first, man. Personally, I didn't have any um, tracks that I thought were going to like be in the movie, personally. Because, in my honest opinion, the first movie did have a decent soundtrack. If anything, it had a, a, it had a really good soundtrack. So I was just like, okay, I, I, I'm not expecting that same level of like soundtrackness from... James Gunn, even though I know James Gunn is all about soundtracks, but I didn't right. really have anything I didn't like or anything that I felt didn't work. It, it might have been just the Harley Quinn scene, the her love scene. It was like, okay, that song fit, but this, this the scene overall just didn't fit in the in the movie itself. So that was my only like exactly. gripe in terms of soundtrack. All right. Well, what about you, Chris? Was there any songs that you thought were going to be in this movie, or songs that you did think were going to be in this movie? Because I, I know no, that James Gunn writes it around music, so not necessarily. Like I, I don't really feel like, um, like I was. There was nothing that I thought. Well, this this music is definitely going to be in it, and then it wasn't in it. I, I had no preconceived notions. Um, I do know that James Gunn uh, has killer soundtrack taste. I mean, that guy knows how to put a soundtrack together. Yes, and um, I, I bet that guy in high school made some great mixtapes to give to girls. I Definitely. can only assume that guy was fantastic at, at a mixtape. I, um, yeah, fully agree. I think, I, I think every, uh, but I, I love, I love his choices for music, and he's very, um, he like, so, like I, I feel like he does a good job. I'm trying to think of somebody else that, like Quentin Tarantino, I think does a really good job of picking music for his movies, and uh, like. James Gunn is a good mix of like picking some old popular favorites and then some real deep dive songs that like I've never heard of before that that somehow fit perfectly. So 
He's got a great mixture in there. I love I love his soundtracks. Okay. Yeah, no, I remember uh, the reason why I thought about this was because there was actually a, an interview that I saw. Some interviewer asked him, he was like, is there any song that, that you are glad you brought back to pop culture? Like, like, is there, and he was like, actually come and get your love was one of my proudest achievements of bringing back to pop culture. <laughs> so uh, for me, there were a couple of, a uh, couple of songs that, that were in the movie that I was like super excited about. Uh, one of the Fertellis, when I heard the Fertellis come on, I thought that fit perfectly. I, cause I, I was jamming along, you know, I was snapping, I was having a good time, but the people who died by the, by the, I forgot the name, Peter Carroll band, I believe, but uh, yeah. the people who died, I actually knew I had a feeling that movie, that song was going to make it into this movie. I remember I was listening to it like a lot. And then when it finally came on, like after Savant's head exploded, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I flipped out. I was like, holy crap, I called it. But I, I just wanted to see if other people thought about it like I did. Yeah, I like, obviously, like you can't go wrong with the Pixies anytime, like, the fact that he pulled out Pixies, I was pretty, I was pretty big fan of that. But um, the, I, I forget the name of the song. I had not heard it. Uh, but, but the la- what's the last song that plays when they're when they're leaving and and he and and uh, Bloodsport's petting the rat? I forgot. I, I forgot the name of it. I didn't really think about that one. I can't remember that one. And that was a song I never heard of before, but it fit perfectly. Um, and I, and I've listened to that song a few times since the movie, uh, came out and I really enjoy that, that song a lot. Yeah, I know the song I've been listening to, uh, Ratism. Uh, I've been listening to Ratism, uh, the, from the, uh, actual score when, uh, when all the rats were crawling up, uh, Starro. I love that, that piece, the, the part where I did, I did, I listened to the score for, um, the King Shark moment. Yes, that, that one was all, I was about to say that one too. Yeah, that one's that was creepy. And I felt like I'd heard it before and I couldn't think of where I'd heard it. And then, uh, and then when I looked it up and it was an original score piece for the movie, I was like, I, maybe I haven't heard it. I don't know. Yeah. And then there's mayhem on the beach that, uh, and obviously we, we are, I think we can all put two and two together of what part that was for. But, uh, yeah, that I've been listening to ratism and then there's, Oh no, by grandson and rain by grandson, apparently grandson and James Gunn, they're like best friends now. But James Gunn's like a big fan of them. He was like, I want to put you in the movie. Uh, Jamari, is there anything that you've been listening to that that came from this movie that you really enjoyed? Uh, personally, I'm going to say no. Honestly, I didn't. I like the score, don't get me wrong, but I, it, yeah. it didn't really capture my like re, re-listening of attention. It wasn't like, like Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> wasn't like that? Yeah, man. Like, I like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to listen to, yeah, I'm just going to come and get your love every single day after this. Like, right. no. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the, the this actual movie itself. Let's talk about our main characters. We got Polka Dot Man. We got Ratcatcher Two, Peacemaker, Bloodsport. Uh, who, who else is there? Uh, I know I'm missing King Shark. Is there anybody else I'm missing? Uh, out of the main, out of the main group. Yeah. Rick Flag. Oh, Rick Flag. Yeah. Rick, Rick Flag and yeah. Harley Quinn. Duh. I'm, I'm <laughs> So of all those characters, which one did you enjoy the most? Uh, Chris, I'll let you go first, man. Uh, Peacemaker stole the show for me. I, I love Peacemaker. Um, and, I, and I love that twisted ideology that he has because I feel like it's very um, relevant right now in our country. Uh, that's just, it's just such a funny like notion that like I love peace and I'll kill any man, woman, or child, yeah. you know, to get it. Like I, I, I just I think that's a hilarious uh, way of looking. Uh, that's a perspective that I, 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 I 
it's just funny to me. Yeah, no, and, he uh, stole the show. Yeah, and he did he did great. And then and then him and, and Bloodsport trying to one up each other when they're killing the freedom fighters is probably my favorite scene, scene in the whole movie. Yeah. So um so yeah, I'd have to say Peacemaker though though Ratcatcher and Polka Dot Man I felt I felt very much um kind of surprised me with how much heart they have in the movie. Like they they both were kind of like like the heart and I and I loved both of those characters too. Okay. Jamari, what about you, man? Who, who, of, of the main group, who, and, and I'll let you count Milton. I don't know if you had a, had a feeling for Milton or not. Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I know you, man. I know you. I've had you on the show enough. I know you. But, uh, who's Milton? Milton was the bus driver. Oh, there wait. Was the bus driver? The bus driver. Were you making a joke? You could get, never mind. You just, my joke just went Okay, over, you were so joking. I, I didn't, I, I realized it after you said it. And I was like, oh man, I'm an idiot. I fell right into it. <laughs> For me, personally, uh, it was a tie between Polka Dot Man and Peacemaker. I felt so bad for Peace, not Peacemaker for Polka Dot Man, because I was like, how are they going to do this? Because he's really just a weird dude with Polka Dot themed gadgets. How yes. are they going to do this? And I was like, dang it to Star Labs was really, really good, because yeah. Star Labs has some really good and really, really, really bad <laughs> implications in the DC Universe. But the fact that he saw it, when they did the scene where every single Suicide Squad member was his mom, I oh died God. of laughter. <laughs> yes, that was definitely one of my favorite parts. And I literally thought about it, you know, like that when he pictured people as his mom, that it made it easier for him to kill them. So I was like thinking to myself, yes. I was like, does he want to kill them? Like, does he like does he want to kill the rest of the Suicide Squad? That that yeah. was a good, a big question of mine. Based on how it how the how it ended for him, he could have. Yeah, you know, it made it easier. But well, did you have any favorite scenes throughout the movie? Well, of course, Polka Dot Man's "I'm a superhero." Yeah, <laughs> and then the whole. I kill any man, woman, or child. <laughs> I yes. think this beach was covered in dicks. <laughs> yeah, dude. Johnson just stole the show, man. I agree fully with you, man. But, you know, I, I think that scene where they were trying to one-up each other and, like, blood sport and, like, I, I don't know how you guys feel about gore, but the scene where, like, John Cena just grabs a hatchet and just, like, yaks at, like, just hacks at somebody. Oh, my gosh. I was dead. I, I thought that was so funny. Like, and then they were like shooting and then he's like, you didn't kill him. And he's like, wait. And then boom, he's like, he's like, show off. And he's like, nobody likes to show off. He's like, unless what you're showing off is dope as, you know? <laughs> and I, I, they just had me dead, man. I enjoyed every bit of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, anytime you can nonchalantly just kill somebody with a hatchet, I mean, it's comedy gold. So they really nailed it. Yeah, uh, but my, my buddy Straw Hat, he, uh, he said, he's like, I don't know what it is about these wrestlers, but they have such perfect comedic timing. Like Dave Batista, John Cena, Dwayne Johnson. If they have anything in common, it's that they all have perfect comedic timing. And I don't know what they're teaching them at the WWE, but whatever it is, they're doing a good job. I'm going to have to disagree with you on The Rock and his comedic timing, but that's okay. That's, a, that's another podcast. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other podcast. Uh, but but you got to admit, there are times where their comedic timing is almost like on the spot. Pretty good. Batista, Batista and Cena both have pretty impeccable comedic timing. I mean, I, I did 
I'd have never pegged Batista to be as funny as he is, but under under James Gunn's tutelage, I mean that guy is funny. Yes, I yeah no the Batista apparently Batista was supposed to be in this movie. Um, I'm not sure what character he was supposed to play, but if well why don't why don't we guess why don't we guess which character Batista was probably going to play before he opted not to do the movie? All right, yeah, sure, go ahead, say, go for it, Chris. Who do you think he was going to play? Um, okay, so I just asked the question and now I don't know. Um, <laughs> if I had to guess, uh, man, I don't know. It is, a, <laughs> it is tough. Trap, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if he would have, uh, I wonder about King Shark. I wonder if he would have voiced King Shark. Yeah, I, I can see that. What about you, Jamar? Who do you, who do you think Batista would have played? I could see that, yeah. You saying King Shark as well? Bane. Because he's been... No, I said Bane. Okay. Yeah, he would have camp- He's been campaigning for Bane. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, he would have like, hey, I'll come in if I can play Bane. Yeah, I agree. I think Batista would have been Bane. I, I want to see a luchador Bane. Any t- anytime, anytime I mention Batista and Bane in the same sentence on my show, Batista likes it every time. Really? He'll... Yeah, so it's funny. So he's, re- I think that guy really wants to play Bane, and I, I support it. I think that he'd be great as, as Bane. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I want to see Luchador Bane. I want to see, I want to see Bane like in the comic books. Yeah, I want to see a backbreaking Bane. Like I'm, like Tom Hardy, it was, eh, but like let, let's. I, I think Tom Hardy did a great job as Bane, and and and, and especially like especially coming, I mean, yeah. coming from Heath Ledger's Joker. You know that I mean, there was no nowhere to go but down. But at the same time, I mean, he crafted a really original voice and look for the character that I, you know, how many people in the last ten years can just do this over their mouth and then it's got a Bane impression, you know? Right. I mean, he 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 made a very iconic character out of Bane. So I'm not trying to like, I don't want to crap on what Tom Hardy did. I just want to see a little bit more comic accurate Bane. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah, no, now that I think about it, you know, after coming after Heath Ledger's Joker, I could see how it could be kind of a downgrade for a villain. Okay. Yeah, now that I'm thinking, I might have to rewatch The Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, so let's talk about the the overall, like, theme of this movie. And I would say Taika Waititi's one line in this movie was probably the theme of this entire movie. Would you guys agree? Yep. I think that James Gunn, we talked about this earlier, but I mean, he's just a master. He's a master at turning nobodies into somebodies. I mean, that's what he does. I mean, he, you know, before Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. like, unless you were like a hardcore, just a really super hardcore comic book fan that really knew some deep dive, nobody knew who the Guardians were before Guardians came out. Yeah. And now they're, and now they're main eventers, you know what I mean? In the, in the MCU. And the same same goes for, for these guys. I mean, he just took a lot of characters that were very obscure. Nobody knows who they are. We all love Polka Dot Man now, right? right. Polka Dot Man is a joke character from the 60s, you know, back in the campy Batman days. And now we all love Polka Dot Man because he gave him a little bit more a little bit more heart and, 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 and some, some perspective that we can all understand. And a backstory. He didn't really have a backstory in his comic book days. So seeing yeah. him at, at in in this movie actually have like a backstory was pretty cool. Jamar, do you have anything yeah. to, to put on top of that? I'll say like, yes, he knows how to give those characters a lot more humanity than they would have been given on any other property, personally. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, and but I, I feel that that Taika Waititi, his role as Rat Catcher, Walt, uh, not Walt Flanagan, that's the guy from Comic Book Men. I know his last name is Flanagan. It, Otis, Otis Flanagan, uh, Rat Catcher. I thought that was actually a very cool adaptation, and I thought it was cool that like him and he actually had like a like a, a great daughter father daughter relationship, and and his one line of rats have everything has a purpose was definitely the theme of this movie and i thought it was just a great line well delivered and when i heard that taika watiti was going to be in the movie i thought he was going to be starro so but speaking of starro what did we think of live action starro jamari i can see you smiling already you want to go first man yes yes i do i okay even though this isn't the starro i was introduced to i do love this starro but I felt so sad. Like he just wanted to yes. stargaze by himself. And of course, Americans, American scientists screwed it up. Yes. <laughs> we came in and ruined everything. Everything. <laughs> but the part that the one line when they walk into the like the lab the first time, um, when yeah. the girl says, He's had his way with me, made me think it was yes. more ways than just experiments that hurt to hear yeah that yeah i actually made a video about that and a lot of people didn't believe me i was just like dude he he said he had his way usually that means like chris were you one of the people that like were like surprised when i said that didn't you comment on that uh i i comment on a lot of videos i'm okay. sorry i don't know if it was one i i'm i, I know you commented on one i didn't know if it was that one or not but like, I, I think I do remember that video, though, because I think I think I missed that the first time I watched it. I missed that, that it kind of just went over my head and I didn't really think about it in those terms. But then I think I watched your video and was like, oh, yeah, oh. I think I think he's I think he's hooking up with starfish now. So that's <laughs> I mean, he was willing to put rats in places. So, you know, no, you never know, like what freaky stuff that dude was into. And when he was finally face to face and Starro was free, he he realized he done screwed up very quickly. And just watching just him just just oh my gosh, it was it was it was I, I like but like uh Jamari said, I felt bad. I felt bad for Starro, especially the one line, because if you didn't feel bad for him, it was like right after they defeated him, it was really the the kick in the pants. From James Gunn was like I was happy floating around in space and I was just like oh damn you, you got me there he was a victim yeah I, I I again that's a testament to to James Gunn's ability to give sympathy to what you would generally consider to be unsympathetic characters uh I love Starro's interpretation the fact that he kept him like purple and blue like the comic books and didn't turn him into any sort of other version but I mean he's, he stayed so true to what the character looks like it, and made it work is a testament uh, again to to James Gunn. But um, I mean, I, even though I do feel bad for Starro, and I don't think the Starro is the the true villain of the movie. I mean, he's still destroyed. He's still a big, yeah, he's still a big giant mind controlling, you know, yes. parasite. So I mean, it, it, there's is a little bit of sympathy there for him, but sure, but but sure, but he's killed a lot of people too. Right. So I, it's hard for me to have too much sympathy for him uh at at the same time i will say i had no idea the inside of a kaiju eyeball could be so breathtaking right i mean it was beautiful yeah no it was really pretty in there i i fully agree 
And, you know, like watching Harley going in there, I was just thinking to myself, I was just like, like, is she underwater? And then I was like, wait a minute, that's eyeball juice that she's just floating around in. And, you know, when you think about it that way, it's just gross, you know? And then the rats coming in and just eating it up. It's, ah, it was weird, but it was also breathtaking at the same time. Jabari, what did you, how'd you feel when you saw that? the same way but then I also had a like comic book moment like though this reminds me of honestly the new 52 birth of Damien like when she kills the nurse and the nurse just falls into the like the artificial water womb and Damien swims in it okay and she's like welcome to the world Damien and I'm like oh this is familiar to me why is this familiar to me with all the rat and everything come like the eyeball juice turns into blood I was just like wow Okay, is that a combo yeah. callback or is that just no? <laughs> but you know, and you know, the thing that probably made it just as breathtaking was the fact that ratism was playing over it. If it, you know how sometimes a score can take over a, a scene, you know, yes. definitely this was that occasion where a score just like overshadowed the scene. You know, John Murphy did a hell of a good job when doing that. You know, doom, 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 You know, oh my gosh, it was so good throughout that entire thing. And you you also mentioned how Starro looked very comic accurate and how it felt like a comic book. Now, I want to talk about the way they broke this movie up into pieces. Oh my gosh, I thought it was so cool that it was written out like as if it were part of the scene. I and like like kind of like old-time comic books used to do, like you know how they would like write the title of the book in like the water or something. I thought that was actually very creative on Jake's dumb part. Uh, Chris, you want you want to elaborate on that or? Yeah, no, I agree with you. I thought I thought it was very creative, and I thought it was just. Uh, I also love the way he was mixing it into the landscape. You know, uh, whether it's like dead leaves or sand or whatever it is, but the way that he was just you know kind of mixing it in uh, was it was just really it was really original and 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 cool looking, and I appreciated how they did it. What about you, Jamari? How'd you feel like seeing it like? seeing like the Jodenheim and the meanwhile Harley yeah. or eight minutes earlier. Yeah, me, yeah. I felt that was like really good. It felt like I was reading like multiple issues of a storyline. It, it's like multiple different, like, Hey, uh, here's the Jodenheim arc. Here's the meanwhile, what Harley's doing tie in. It, it felt like I Star was watching. Versus yeah. Yeah. I thought that was definitely my favorite. Or uh, I, I either the Star versus the suicide squad one or the, rescue harley like when they were like well as you probably like uh, they were like go to yodaheim and they were like no and then like the wind just blew it out and it said rescue harley and i was just like okay yeah that that was funny i i thought that was a very good scene so we talked about all this is is this entire movie the uh did we did we talk about the bar scene should we talk about that you guys want to you guys want to talk about that a little bit only the polka dot man dancing with all of his mother, uh, like all of his moms, were like this is my second favorite scene in the whole movie. Literally, you, you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite thing. Yeah, I, I thought that I thought that was hilarious. You know that that callback, and then when he was finally fighting Starro, it was like it's your mom, and he's like, oh, okay. You know, like that was funny. And I, I love seeing the memes. I felt like a like a like a kid in 2016. You know, with a picture of a cow. It's like going up to my buddy. It's like, hey, it's your mom. You know, like I, I felt like that's exactly what James Gunn was going for. He knew what he was doing when he made that scene. I'm sure we've all seen those memes. Like, oh my gosh, it kills me every single time. But Polka Dot Man was definitely one of my favorite characters 
throughout this movie, him and Ratcatcher 2. And I cannot wait it, to see more of Ratcatcher 2. Unfortunately, we can't. But I mean, Chris, you said it best. If we're in a multiverse, Pokemon Man could still very much be alive somewhere, some way, somehow. We, we need to see him on a flying polka dot one day and it'll be fun. Yeah. If, if, if nothing else, maybe we can get polka dot cat and just use David Desmouchian's cat. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's actually a fun fact about the uh, set. They had a, didn't he like find a stray cat and make like a little suit for him or something like that? Yeah. I think he found a stray cat and then the, uh, one of the costume designers or somebody uh, made him a costume for the cat. Jamari, so. do you know about that? No, I didn't. No, actually, I didn't. Yeah, apparently, uh, Poke- the guy who plays Pokemon. Well, how do you say his last name? David. It's like David. What? Dasmalchian. Dasmalchian. Yeah, I think that's right. I I might be off a syllable or so, but it's I'm pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, he found a cat, like a stray cat, on the set when they were filming, and they made him like a little, like a little polka dot, polka dot man suit. Dude, look it up when you get the chance, man. Or I'll send you a photo later. Oh my god, it is adorable. But uh. There was there's so much behind the scenes stuff that I actually want to talk about, like the 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 secret handshake that Ratcatcher and uh, Polka Dot Man have. They did it every morning, and I thought that was a great team building exercise that James Gunn probably made them do to like make it feel more like a family arc throughout this movie. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say he made them do it, but he definitely encouraged it. You know, he definitely encouraged joking on set. And a lot of them had their phones on set. I thought that was a little cool that that he trusted them enough to keep their phones on set. I thought that was very cool because a big thing in directing and especially with a big budget movie like these, leaks is a big deal. As we know for Spider-Man No Way Home, leaking is a very big deal. Um, yeah, so... What 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 did you guys think? Did you guys ever see any of the behind the scenes stuff, or is it just me that looked into that? I've seen bits and pieces, but I haven't like done a deep dive into the behind the scenes stuff. All right. What what about you, Jamari? Uh, did you do any of the deep dive into the behind the scenes? Uh, when it came to the behind the scenes, the only deep diving I did was honestly looking into the uh, the suit makers because I was like, oh wow, these suits are really well made and really well done. I want to know who made them. Right. Yeah. Made I material. Agree. Please tell me. <laughs> Right, yeah, and then the fact that John Cena does not want to take it off, like, uh, legend has it to this day, he's still wearing it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to bounce. Uh, a buddy of mine is here, and he's about to come in my front door, and my dogs are about to go crazy, so I'm going to hop off here. All right, Chris, thank you so much for coming happened. on, man. It was, it was an honor having you, and I'd love to have you again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me, and I will talk soon, okay? All right, see you, Chris. Hopefully, you have a great day, man. I have better audio next All time. All right, bye-bye. Peace out. <laughs> yeah, nice Nice to meet you, sort of, man. <laughs> nice All right, Jamari, uh, we do have to close out soon. So let's talk about uh, what, so final thoughts about the movie. What final thoughts, think? I thought this movie was really, really good in terms of like building something else out of like what the DCEU is. Like if the DCEU, there's whole rumors about it's dying, that like, the multiverse is the only way to save it. And I'm like, well, yes and no, but I feel like if you can still craft some stories out of what the, what's happening in the DCEU, please do do your best. Try as much as you can to see what you can like get. Like what goodness can come out of this right. before you just completely scrap this problem. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, dude, I fully agree that this movie was amazing. Now let's build our own Suicide Squad. This is going to be something that we're going to do before we close out. Let's build our own Suicide Squad. I wish that we could have had Chris on for this because I was going to make a, a, a Condiment King joke to him. But uh, ah. because, uh, for those who for those who are listening, uh, Chris is a cosplayer and he did a uh, Condiment King and he actually got to interview James Gunn as the Condiment King. And <laughs> I, I wanted to bring that up, but you guys should totally check it out. Uh, but who would you build for your own Suicide Squad if you could do it right quick, right now? Name off some characters. Go for it. You, okay. I'll give you, okay. if you could just name off five at least. Okay. Number one, Rainbow Raider. Number one is Rainbow Raider. I just right. want to see somebody riding on a giant rainbow. I got to see Rainbow Raider. Let's see. Number two, I'll I'll stick with Ratcatcher Rat 2. I'll bring back Deadshot. Uh, let me see. And then instead of King Shark, Clayface. Um, and then for just to throw a big wrench in there, let's say we get Wally West Flash. Just, at, just out of curiosity, Amanda Waller found a way okay. to get him. Just found a way to like. Hit. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, how did he? Uh, yeah, how, how did you? Uh, how how did Wally West get arrested? Just out of curiosity. Okay, I'd say Wally West got arrested after dealing with Tempest, and after his whole thing with Tempest, he got like blown up, and like I'd say he ran so fast that he kind of like lost his balance. A lot of a lot of flash a lot of like speedsters lose their balance really really easily and that is really weird to me. You can run on water yet you will trip over a rock. But anyway, I feel like he would be dealing with something with Tempest in the multiverse, and then basically he ends up knocked out, wakes up with the Suicide Squad. <laughs> like, wait, I didn't okay. do anything. You killed all these heroes. Have you ever read a? It happened on uh. What does Safe Haven? I forget what it was called from Heroes in Crisis. Like we know about what happened in Heroes in Crisis. You belong with us. <laughs> well, have you ever read a uh, Suicide Squad Bad Blood by Tom Taylor? No, I have not. I need to read it. Well, basically, uh, they uh, they they recruited like eight people at once by just just attacking them, knocking them out, and then putting chips in their necks while they were out. <laughs> like they weren't even like that they were so i mean maybe they did that to wally west yeah maybe they could do that maybe they could do that to wally west <laughs> i just feel like you gotta have one yeah. hero on a team of villains just to be like i could literally stop all of you by myself <laughs> right okay well let me build mine right quick uh my characters obviously i would have blood uh, not blood for dead shot i would have yeah. harley quinn I would have Ooh, the okay. trickster, the trickster. Um, who, who else? Um, Killer Frost, um, KG Beast, KG Beast. Oh, just to kill okay, him off. I was. He'd be the first one. Interesting. Yeah, I would kill off KG Beast. And right. uh, for my final, who would be my monster character? Uh, let's go. You know what? I'm gonna go with King Shark. Okay, I, I like that. I, hmm. Why? Why kill KG Beast? <laughs> because. Because of what he did to Nightwing. <laughs> that's it. Because. Yep. Because he's KG Beast. That's why. He he okay. didn't believe that the chip in his head was going to go off, so he he got blown up. Hey, I feel that. I am not Amanda Waller. I am Locke. All right. I'm. <laughs> you got to read Bad Luck. But Locke makes Amanda Waller look like bunnies and kittens. But uh, Jamari, where can we follow you on the internet, man? 
Okay. Where, where can we follow you? You can follow me on the interwebs under Hyperboyblue2.0 on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, but you can also find me on Facebook just under my regular name. <laughs> I'm not telling you my last name because, eh. <laughs> but <laughs> it's Red Robin, people. It's Red Robin. Oh my God. Yum. <laughs> I told the whole world. No. What you're, <laughs> I, I do plan on cosplaying Red Robin pretty soon. <laughs> All right, I can't wait to see you, man. So uh, Hyperboy Blue 2.0. Make sure you put in the 2.0 because Hyperboy Blue don't work no more. Nope, I got locked out. (laughs) (laughs) And if you guys like this podcast, you guys can follow me at Comic Comedy Podcast on Instagram and you can keep up with this podcast. You can also check me out on TikTok at ShubyDuber, S-C-H-U-B-Y-D-O-O-B-E-R-T. Um, I do a lot of stuff there and I keep you guys up and Chris Killian unfortunately he had to duck out he had a buddy come over so he had to leave but you guys can follow him at CK comedy or on comicbook.com he runs the daily distraction super awesome guy guys highly recommend checking him out Um, all right guys thank you so much for listening you guys have a great day Jamari pleasure having you as always okay also real quick last thing before we drop out happy national power rangers day Yes! So people don't forget. Yes, I almost <laughs> forgot. Oh my gosh, today is Power Ranger Day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. As you guys know, Jamari and I, we did an entire Power Ranger series together. And uh yeah. Oh my gosh, how did I forget that? I am an I and I literally did a video right before this of uh talking about the Power Ranger Ninja Turtles. And um also today is Jack Kirby's birthday. Uh, the great King Kirby. A lot of stuff happened today. Yeah, and like I said, guys, go ahead and check out Chris Killian on Instagram. Check out here Jamari here. And if you guys like this podcast, go to Comic Comedy Podcast on Instagram to keep up with all of this news. So we'll see you guys later. Have a great day. Peace out, Girl Scouts.